The Bill Myers Show podcast is sponsored by Clouser Drilling. They've been leading the way in Southern Oregon well drilling for over 50 years. Find out more about them at clouserdrilling.com. A couple of stories uh, still following uh, from the weekend. It was relatively quiet in Grants Pass, although they had the uh, the gun store, the gun store uh, robber that uh, you know smashed things up there, and they got that person in custody. But the sheriff's offices, uh, office detectives are still investigating a white city shooting, a victim in critical condition. And that ended up uh, happening Sunday. And they thought that uh, everybody knows one another, so they don't think there's a danger. But uh, the one that really is uh, something they're looking for, a uh, Jesus Armando Pena Jr., an 18-year-old who escaped from California Youth Authority, accused of the... Uh, shooting homicide at uh, Weldon's on Crater Lake Avenue in Medford. So they're still looking for that guy right now, 18-year-old who had escaped from uh, California uh, from uh, Youth Authority and all sorts of uh, warrants out for his arrest. And so if you see that, I'm going to put this guy's uh, picture up on uh, Facebook here in just a moment here too. Mr. Outdoors back here. And uh, for the next few weeks, we're going to be doing Outdoor Report on Monday instead. And, Greg, we're always happy to welcome you from RogueWeather.com. And the Outdoor Report sponsored by Oregon Truck and Auto Authority, driven by Line X on Airway Drive in Metric. How are you doing this morning, this Monday morning here, Greg? Welcome back. Uh, doing good, Bill, and good to be back. And, yeah, we got we to gotta do the switcheroo as far as days for Outdoor Report. Um, you know, here for probably the next... I don't know, seven weeks, but mm-hmm. yeah, it's outdoor sportsman show time. And we start in Eugene this weekend and run Friday through Sunday. And then the final weekend in February, we will be here in Medford at the Jackson County Expo for the KDRV Sportsman's and Outdoor Show. And, you know, I can't believe how long that show's been going on because it just doesn't seem it was that long ago when Joe Pate first came to town and he and I hooked up and I helped uh, him, you know, lay the groundwork for getting that show going here. So hasn't it been a couple of uh, decades that that's been going on? I think as, as yeah, I'm thinking yeah, as no, long as I've been uh, here, yeah. man, 20, what did I say? 27 years now yeah. on this show. Yeah, I thought so. And of course up in Eugene over 50 now. 50 years. They've well, been doing this show up. it's it's the perfect time of year. You know, you, you you can't necessarily go out and do as much hunting or fishing as you might like because of weather or whatever the case might be. So this is the equivalent of having fun. And uh, well, if you can't uh, if you can't fish, you darn your net. You know that kind of thing. You get yeah. you get all and you go out and get all your stuff. And and by the way, and you talk with Greg about Bigfoot sightings here in Southwest uh, Oregon Bigfoot, too. And I'm going to be doing the wolf talks again this year. Um, but what will be different with Bigfoot, instead of trying to do the Bigfoot talks every day, what we will be doing is a Bigfoot town hall on the Saturday evening of the show in every town that we go to. Okay. And every town that we go to, there are a lot of Bigfoot encounters reported. I know. And I know. It's, it's amazing how many people, those meetings, those town halls you put on are stuffed with people. Wanted to talk about are. that. And what Scott and I decided was after last year in the break week, we did a Bigfoot town hall at Wild River out in Cape Junction, and it was an overflow crowd. And then we had the same situation when we did the Bigfoot talk here in Medford. And so we told Joe, hey, here's what we'd rather do. And he was totally open to it. And so um, we're going to be doing these Bigfoot town halls 
like I said, on Saturday evening starting at 5 p.m. Uh, for each one of these shows that we're doing. And I am really looking forward to this because, like I said, every single one of these shows, Eugene, Roseburg, Medford, Reading, um, Klamath Falls now. Klamath Falls is being added into our show schedule. They're getting their first one. And, you know, I'm looking forward to the kind of stories that we're going to hear from people in all of these locations. Because, like I said, all of them have a history. All right. Let's uh, shift gears back to what's going on here as far as weather, climate for the next uh, few days here. And I was just kind of looking ahead, and it looks like it's going to be relatively warm. We're in that time of year. You know, we always get that little balmy period. I I, 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 we. I don't think we've ever not had it in the winter, in which things get no, warm no. and it goes wild for a little bit, uh, mild for a week or two, and then it goes back to winter. And gosh, it was really warm over the weekend. It was very nice. Yep. I was getting some work done. And then uh, Thursday, I guess we get back to more winter, or does it start on Wednesday? What are we looking at? Well, it'll actually start on Wednesday. That's that's where we see the colder air starting to come back in. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're figuring by late in the day Wednesday going into Wednesday night, we may be seeing snow impact again for, you know, our highest passes in the Cascades okay. around Crater Lake and Diamond Lake. And then Thursday, we definitely will be seeing impact for all the Cascade passes happening. And then on Friday... Snow levels right now look like they're coming down to that 2,000 to 3,000 foot level. When we get to that point, that's where we start seeing the impacts on I-5 north of Grants Pass, Highway 199 out to the coast, out at Oregon Mountain. And then Friday night into Saturday, well, you know, it's kind of one of these things that today could push 70 for a high. Saturday, I think we may do well to get out of the 30s, and we may be starting the day off with accumulated snow on the valley floors here in Jackson and Josephine counties. I don't know that it looks like it's going to be all that much. But, yeah, we're going to go from about 70 today for a high to being right back full-on winter again by the time we hit the weekend. All right. Very good. Good to know. And we will uh, keep it in mind. And as far as the rain over the weekend, I was wondering, did that uh, mush down the snow up at uh, at Ski Ashland? Because the main thing, you want to hang on to as much snowpack, or did it possibly strengthen it and just kind of crust it up a bit here uh, to help it? You know, in a weird way, uh, this is where rain on a snowpack turned out to be a good thing, because even though we had the warmer air come in with it and it was raining, it was not one of those situations where it totally crushed the snowpack, and what it did... Um, It did settle it, so there was reduction in the amount of inches of snow Mount Ashland is reporting, but what it universally did was it really injected more water into the snowpack, so it raised the water content in what's there, and when that colder air starts coming in on Wednesday, all that stuff is going to set up like concrete, and then it's going to be a perfect base underneath for what's going to fall on top of it. And, you know, I mean, we make that transition on Wednesday. We're going right back into winter again, and the extended forecast now taking us deeper into February look really good in terms of getting more snow in and uh, continuing to see colder temps to boot. So all in all, I think for as 
high as those snow levels got, again, above 9,000 feet. The fact that we did get some rain on the snow, it actually turned it, turned out to be a best-case scenario because, like I said, it didn't just, you know, totally wash it all the way into oblivion, and it helped increase the water content in the snow that we do have. So, all in all, great circumstances. We'll take Good. it. All right, and uh, hopefully we'll add to that uh, snowpack later this week without uh, too much uh, travel interruption. We don't want to get to the point where, you know, you know, one of the uh, most uh, interesting teachable moments, I think, in the last uh, couple of weeks, Greg, and I, th- I think you would agree with me on this one, is how little time it takes with the trucks not running before things start going a little sideways. You know, oh, yeah. the gasoline deliveries don't happen. And the yep. uh, the produce coming in from the San Joaquin Valley or else from the northern part of the states starts uh, looking even uh, worse because it's sitting there on docks, not getting moved. It's it's right. really interesting when you look at all that stuff. How dependent we are on uh, the I five, the I five corridor staying open. See, and you know, I, there are still people out there that when you start talking about preparedness, about mm-hmm. what you need to, need to do to be ready. Yeah. Um, there are still people out there who will start rolling their eyes and think you're some kind of a nut for it. Oh, yeah, you're a kook, you're a kook to think about that. Everything's yeah. fine. Well, most people have what's called a, a normalcy bias in which everything's working okay and everything has worked okay up till now. Everything's fine. Well, we know that the Internet can be out for yeah, half a day at a time, a day or more in some cases, and it's not just power yeah. failures. You know that uh, if the trucks don't roll from uh, northern Oregon for uh, two or three days at a time, there goes the gasoline supply. It's a fact oh, yeah. of life, right? You know. Yep. And then yeah. you have you don't have food coming up from the south. You don't have food coming in from the north. You know. So it's like there's a reason why you should have a pretty uh, pretty deep pantry if you can help it. You know. Yeah, and you know, you the government's going to tell you that you need seventy-two to ninety-six hours worth. No, you need far more than that. You know, the Patriot Supply commercials that your station runs. Mm-hmm. Um, you need to be paying attention to that, and better than paying attention to it, you probably ought to take it very seriously and take advantage of what they're offering you, because what they're offering you. Uh, means you don't have to put a lot of thought. They've already done all the thought and the planning. You just need to order in the supplies. And then a guy that I have known for years, um, been elk hunting with, mm-hmm. found out over the weekend he is making instant water purification systems that you can take groundwater, put it through this system, and have drinkable water quickly, which by the way, he's not the only one that's doing this, and you have to order it online from him, our sponsor of this report. Okay, well, you can find out more on RogueWeather.com. Auto Authority, yeah. they're selling those systems in the lobby. Oh, so Oregon Truck and Auto Authority sells those uh, systems, yep. huh? Yep. Yeah, n- Oregon Truck and Auto Authority is far more than just fixing up your vehicle. If you have not been into their lobby... um. You need to go in there and see what they have. They have some pretty amazing survival equipment. And I'm not saying that to make you roll your eyes. I'm using it because it's a term. But they have water purification systems. They have cooking systems. Mm -hmm. They've got the big 
ice chest. They've got all kinds of things you would need in case, gee, power goes out. All of a sudden, you know, we've got this issue, we've got that issue. You can't just take it for granted that you're going to walk into your kitchen and everything's always going to be working. So get to Oregon Truck and Auto Authority. See what they have. If you can't get to them, trust me, they're going to be at these shows, too. You can see them at the shows and see and see what they have. All right, very well. And the Outdoor Report sponsored by Oregon Truck and Auto Authority, driven by Line X. It's on Airway Drive in Medford. Mr. Outdoors at uh, RogueWeather.com. Greg, we appreciate the uh, take on that. I think it's a, a good idea. I ended up uh, just, uh, I'm rotating my fuel right now and uh, mm-hmm. because I had uh, last treated it. And uh, the, the stuff that I like is PRI-G and PRI-D. That okay. uh, I've been a big fan of that. I know other people use different type of uh, of uh, preservatives, but that's one that's uh, worked really well for me. And uh, I had some, uh, and by the way, I stored the non-ethanol gasoline mm-hmm. in, a, in a can because I think it stores better than the uh, the ethanol. And that's, that was something I was going to point out was try and find non-ethanol blends if you can, if you're really going to get into storing fuel to have emergency backup, just in case the gas trucks don't quit coming to Medford for whatever reason. Yeah. Well, I ended up looking at getting out one of the cans. I was thinking, gosh, I hadn't rotated it for a while, right? And that's not a good thing. And so uh, even though I had continued to treat it, and it was uh, fuel that I had stored back in 2020. So we're talking going back four years that I had stored okay. it, right? And right. and I took it and uh, I took a whiff of it. And it didn't smell perfect, perfect fresh, I got to say, after four years. But it was pretty darn close and it ran fine okay. in the car and everything else I put it in over the weekend. Okay. But uh, I, I think I'm going to rotate it a little more quickly from that point on. But even then, four years, I, I look at that as pretty good. For, but, of course, I'm also storing it in a type of cans that uh, that seal. You know, we're not talking right. about the, uh, you know, the plastic cans. I ended up getting those. Uh, you know, remember back during Y2K, they were selling oh, those. Yeah. Uh, they, had a, yep. they had those really amazing Swiss or German uh, steel cans, the jerry cans, the ones, the real yep. military surplus, man. Those things right. are so good. I can't believe yeah, how they are. And, you know, in terms of storing fuel, yeah. I doubt there's anything better. Yeah, honestly. Yeah, absolutely. If it's always venting, you're venting all of your uh, fuel and, and additives, too. So just keep all that right. in mind. All right. All right, Mr. Outdoors, you have a great week and uh, enjoy your Bigfoot and Wolf talk. And we'll talk next Monday and see how the snow ended up uh, playing out over the weekend. All right. You'd be well. Take you care. got it, Bill. Greg Roberts at uh, RogueWeather.com. Mr. Outdoors, 726. Oregon Truck and Auto Authority is your one-stop accessory and protection shop, offering quality products like Linex spray-on bed liners, undercoating, and truck, Jeep, and SUV accessories. Oregon Truck and Auto Authority is now your premier source for overlanding, off-road, and outdoor lifestyle products. So what are you waiting for? Stop on by and get prepared for your next adventure. They're located at 4840 Airway Drive, just off Vilas Road in Central Point. Oregon Truck and Auto Authority. Your Department of Adventure. Hey, I want to ask you this. With interest rates on the rise, how will your home sale be affected? Hey, it's Lars Larson. Can you still make money on your property? Well, here's the answer. Call the only agent in Medford I trust to make me top dollar. Jared Hokinson with Hokinson Realty. Jared and his team are local to Medford, and they know exactly how to make this market work for you. 
They'll get your home sold for top dollar, no matter what the marketplace is doing. The thing is, Jared has options and strategies that get your home sold fast. His top industry-leading marketing creates demand for your home, driving up the price. And best of all, Jared guarantees to sell your home at a price and a deadline you agree to, or he'll buy it. Now you know why real estate expert and Shark Tank star Barbara Corcoran and I can't stop talking about Jared Hokinson right here in Medford. Call him today, 541-772-SOLD, or go online to 541-772-SOLD.com. That's 541-772-SOLD.com. If you're turning 65 soon and need to learn about Medicare and your options for supplemental coverage, Lynn at Sky Park Insurance can help. Just ask Karen. Hi, I spent 45 plus years in the health industry, so I wanted someone with expert knowledge. Lynn either knew the answer or got right back to me with details. She went the extra mile. Thanks, Lynn. Sky Park makes Medicare enrollment easy. Enroll or review your plan with Lynn Barton at Sky Park Insurance. Call 541-499-095. The Bill Myers Show on 106.3 KMET and 99.3 KCMD. When I first came on this morning at uh, 10 after 6 or so, I had uh, read an email from a listener and I thought I'd just give it another read. And and it has to do with the Asante nurse I was posing on Facebook over the weekend. Gosh, why haven't we seen some kind of arrest or something? You would have thought that we would have seen a little more movement uh, by this time. And uh, a listener who appears to... uh, you know, be part of the Asante family. I, I know this individual and has written before. And uh, I'm going to leave their name out of it, though, and also leave the name of the nurse. that uh, Did name the nurse. I'm going to have to investigate a little bit more on the nurse to find out if that uh, if that makes sense or not. But I uh, just want to let you know what the uh, the person had said. Because I was just, everyone's been frustrated about this. You know, why don't we at least know anything about this? And you know, just the uh, stealing of the drugs would have been enough, I thought, to have had some movement on getting somebody in. And then as far as the fentanyl uh, or the uh, the alleged infection deaths that the attorneys are all lining up here in Southern Oregon to get a piece of uh, Asante for, and that could be brought in later, I would have thought. But uh, the listener says, Bill, a lot of people now frustrated that an arrest hasn't been made. I knew from family that works at Asante about the nurse and hope that it would have all come out soon. I know a lot of people affected now know as well, which uh, makes me wonder all the more what's going on. Anyway, you might already know a lot or all that I know, but here it is anyway. The nurse is, and I'm going to keep the name out for the time being until I can try to get some confirmation on this, okay? But it is suspected that her addiction started when she injured her back. Not sure on that timeline, but uh, we believe it was probably a couple of years ago. As suspicions rose with the infections, drug tests were ordered several times and uh, everyone passed. But the drug tests weren't for fentanyl. When the hospital ordered all of the nurses be tested for fentanyl, she refused to be tested and then was fired. That happened in July, last July. Three weeks ago, her nursing license was finally suspended. I really would like to make it all public, but don't want it to fall back on my family. They all would really like it to be over, too. So this is someone uh, claiming to be in the know. Like I said, I'm not confirming this, but that is an interesting story and probably what we're uh, dealing with. So maybe we'll hear something about this sooner rather than later. And I'll start combing some of those records. And I appreciate the listener for uh, being willing to speak up. And uh, someone had mentioned, well, why don't you go out there and do your own investigative reporting, Bill? I said, well, I'm one guy doing multiple jobs here, you know, for one thing. 
and uh, as a talk show host and a broadcast engineer and everything else, you know, I'm not a PI. I, I don't claim to be a PI. I'm not that uh, sort of situation. So I, I'm happy to be a clearinghouse, and I'll try to bird dog stuff, you know, after that. But um, you're not going to get Medford police to say anything about it. You're certainly not going to get any, anything, anybody from Asante, you know, to say anything about it. So you have to deal with people that work within that system that are willing to say something as long as I preserve uh, some anonymity on this one in order to to grease the skids. That's just the way that goes. And we'll start combing a few records and see what we can come up with. Okay. And, uh, but anyway, it uh, sounds like it was a, a bad situation, but still, even then, if you were a nurse, even a nurse who was addicted to fentanyl would have to know that putting tap water in the IV lines, if that's what ended up happening, still alleged. I know the lawyers are lined up on this one now, but uh, would have to know that would end up killing people. And that's the part I I still don't understand. Don't understand. And I understand if you have to, you know, do some more investigation for this one. But uh, if someone was fired back in July, hmm, if that ends up being true, we'll see. Okay. We'll catch up on the rest of the news here. 732. Oh, by the way, Cheryl popped me a quick note that, um, let me see if I can, um, before I do the news here. Just uh, looking up my uh, notes. Give me just a second here. Da, 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 da. I, I'm dancing around from uh, window to window. Remember we were talking about the homicide at uh, the laundromat on Crater Lake Highway at uh, at Weldon's? That's what happened over the weekend. It happened on uh, the evening, Saturday night at Weldon's. And they've been looking for this um, Jesus Armando Pena Jr., the 18-year-old, Hispanic male, 5'7", 175 pounds, right? They're looking for him, all sorts of warrants out for him. They, he's accused. He's the suspect in this case. And then um, and then Cheryl uh, popped me a note. The victim, the victim of the case identified as 51-year-old Justin William Keaton. And Cheryl said, hey, Bill, wasn't this the person that uh, may have built that pipe bomb or was, was making a pipe bomb? And she sent me a link to an old Medford Police uh, Facebook post from 2017 for those wondering what all the police activity was at uh, Fred Meyer North, witnesses saw a male who appeared to be making a pipe bomb behind the store. As they continued to watch him, they saw him detonate the bomb in a nearby field, causing a loud explosion. We arrived and detained Justin William Keaton, a 45-year-old. Well, Justin William Keaton was the victim of this homicide over the weekend, too. And uh, and by the way, and Cheryl adds, and I agree, it doesn't mean that he deserved to be uh, shot to death, allegedly, by this uh, this 18-year-old, though. But, uh, boy, that's interesting story. Interesting story. He was homeless at that time in uh, 2017, apparently, according to Medford Police. And uh, I don't have time to hunt down what happened in the meantime. But, boy, that's an interesting uh, interesting uh, story to uh, to find out there. I appreciate the uh, the tip on that one. 2017, same William Keaton. It probably is the same guy. Probably is the same guy. Yikes. It's uh, 735 KMED KCMD. Choosing a company to drill your well is a major decision. You have a lot to consider. Experience, reputation, equipment, price, and most importantly, the finished project. Clouser Drilling stands behind their work and guarantees materials and workmanship. Quality and integrity has helped Clouser Drilling grow to be one of the largest drilling companies in the state. They provide the best overall value and make sure the job is done right. Competent and capable. That's Clouser Drilling. Call today for a free written estimate, 476-7795. Visit clouserdrilling.com. 
Happy New Year from everyone at Good Guys Guns. This month, all in-stock Glocks are $20 off, including Blue Label. Good Guys Guns also offers layaway plans to meet every budget. Did you know that Good Guys Guns offers professional firearm cleaning? Don't forget to sign up for their next concealed handgun class on February 11th. Good Guys Guns, the Valley's premier gun shop, 4934 Crater Lake Avenue in Medford, and online at goodguysguns.com. That's Good Guys Guns. Good Guys Guns. KMED, KCMD News, sponsored by Millette Construction, specializing in foundation repair and replacement. Get on solid ground by visiting MilletConstruction.com. Good morning, I'm Marcus Villa with your NBC5 morning news update. A wanted felon arresting Grants Pass after burglarizing a gun store. Store surveillance showed a white pickup truck backing through the doors and the suspect taking multiple firearms. A Grants Pass police school marshal says he had seen a subject matching the description at a local grocery store the day of the burglary. The suspect was identified as 27-year-old Anton Bayard from Southern California. Police also discovered he was wanted for a parole violation warrant out of Riverside County. Bayard was arrested Friday and the stolen firearms were recovered. Medford residents may notice some changes to their commute this morning. The city will start a new element of construction on the Foothill Road expansion project. Cedar Links Drive to the McAndrews Road westbound ramp will be closed until this summer. Detours for Cedar Links Drive to Springbrook Road to East McAndrews Road will be available. Once it's finished in 2026, the four-lane road will feature two lanes in each direction, turn lanes, sidewalks, bike lanes, and street lighting. The Josephine County Fair is announcing its theme for 2024 is Rockin' the Decades. The fairground says they'll take you on a journey through the 70s all the way to the 2000s from groovy fashion to iconic music. The fair says they'll announce the entertainment lineup soon as well. The fair runs August 7th through the 11th. That's a look at your morning headlines from C5 News. I'm Marcus Villa. Have a great start to your week. This hour of the Bill Meyer Show is proudly sponsored by Phoenix Auto Center Tire Pros and Full Service Auto Repair. Hi, it's Jason at Phoenix Auto Center Tire Pros. If you're wondering about the condition of your tires, stop in and we'll check your tread level and give you an honest assessment on wear and ability to navigate icy, slick roads. And if you need new tires, Phoenix Auto Center has a great selection of top brands like General, Hercules, Cooper, Falcon, Mastercraft, BF Goodrich, and more. For the best tire prices and service, see your local, family-owned Phoenix Auto Center Tire Pros on Main in Phoenix. Millette Construction has been a general contractor for 40 years. For the last 20 years, they've specialized in foundation repair and replacement. If you have sloping floors, cracks in walls, and windows and doors that are hard to open, you have a foundation problem that's only getting worse. At Millette Construction, they not only fix your foundation and level your house, they solve the water problem that's causing the damage. Get on solid ground. Call Millette Construction for a free estimate. Visit MilletteConstruction.com. CCB number 32787. The email of the day on the Bill Myers Show, sponsored by Central Point Family Dentistry. See all they have to offer at CentralPointFamilyDentistry.com and call for an appointment. Dr. Steve Nelson and his staff are next to Mazatlan Mexican Restaurant, just off Pine in Central Point. Hi, I'm Mark with Oregon Truck and Auto Authority, and I'm on 106.7 KMED. 739. Kevin Starrett rejoins me from Oregon Firearms Federation. And, you know, Kevin, I just always enjoy talking with you, too. It doesn't necessarily have to be about guns, all right? It's uh, it's great having you on. 
And uh, Thank you. I, I guess you were in a good mood, and then you woke up and you saw the news. But you're not supposed to. Don't look <laughs> at the news. Don't look at that. It's crazy. All right. <laughs> well, I don't know how good a mood I was in, but it certainly, you know, I mean, I, I'm pretty big consumer of news, and every day it seems more insane. But I don't know for some reason today it just seemed like crazier than normal. But, yeah, you yeah. know, extra extra crazy crispy. Is normal now. Yeah. Well, yeah. I, I think my favorite crazy news story over the weekend though was uh, when Snopes was uh, was. Uh, hung from its own petard or, or hoisted on its own petard where it ended up saying uh, Joe Biden of course no that was fake news where they said that Joe Biden had his hard hat on backwards and then finally Twitter barbecued Snopes and oh okay I guess he was wearing his uh, his uh, his hard hat backwards you know when he was well, the- you, how, how do you compete with Portland charging people a fee to remove the trees that crashed through their homes and almost killed people after denying them a permit to remove the trees? Oh, you safe to you do. gotta be kidding me! You, you're, you're, are you telling me that the trees that crashed through the roof during a storm the other week they're charging them permits? What? Yeah, they're charging them retroactive fees to remove the trees that, at, in some cases, actually killed people. Now, but now, as, as insane as that is. It gets even crazier when you realize that in many cases, people wanted to remove the trees before this happened uh-huh. and were not allowed to get permits. You have to wait like two years to get a permit to remove a tree that can kill you. Well, and- we have to understand, though, that the, the, the trees are wonderful and trees in Crete are, are resiliency. You know, I'm, I'm thinking like uh-huh. I'm, I'm kind of channeling my inner Ron Wyden. I think uh, you don't it, want to do that. Hysterical story in the Oregonian about all these tree huggers who are now somewhat rethinking their position. Because, and I, you know, I posted that on our tiny little social media page that guns don't kill people, trees kill people. You know, <laughs> and this is like, okay, what what can Oregon do right? Nothing. I mean, you probably saw the story earlier this week about the thousands of incorrect tax forms that were sent out to the wrong people with the wrong amounts Mm -hmm. based on, I think, on unemployment checks, which people probably never got in the first place. You know, it's just you can't get an unemployment check. We institute a program for family leave. Try getting a check for that. But you'll get billed for it, you know, when they want the money back. Great story today about all the millions that were squandered on these people who were supposed to help drug addicts under Measure 110. But there's absolutely no no, no procedures in place to monitor what's being done with the money. You know, it's just... Well, I know down here what we do is that we have a million and a half dollars or so going to the harm reduction people, you know, the stab and wagon types. And um, I'm just thinking, if we're going to save money on this, Kevin, I'm only half kidding, all right? But uh, why don't we just issue, if you're going to get free a free box of needles, you should have a do not resuscitate bracelet to go with it. Do you think? Would you be okay with that? Do not resuscitate? You know, I mean, I, in spite of what I think most people would think, <laughs> I, I try to be a compassionate person. Really? Reach a point where it isn't, you know, when you've got medics arriving on the scene, to resuscitate someone who's overdosed. And how well how many times how many times should the state of Oregon resuscitate someone? How many times well, before we figure out you don't want to be alive, that, right? In this case, we've got we've I mean I've seen stories of people who've been resuscitated from an overdose and then overdosed again before the ambulance was out of the neighborhood. You know, I'm I mean, I've, I've got a son who's a paramedic and so he frequently responds to people who've overdosed. And when he narcans these people, they will fight the medics because they're so angry that their high has been interrupted. 
And so, yeah, I think it's horrible that, that human beings are dying. I also think it's horrible that the United States is, is, is encouraging Mexican cartels to make all this happen. I mean, the Mexican cartels, whose business now is far beyond drugs. And then to note that they're Mexican cartels is somehow racist, too, you know, to make note of that, because we're a sanctuary state, of course. Well, I mean, right? the, these people are these extremely dangerous, murderous, insurgent armies who are coming across our borders by the millions. And when you think about, you know, people talk, oh, man, there's a civil war coming, but don't worry, we're gun owners or we're hunters. We are not going to outgun the cartels who are here. We are not going to outgun the Chinese nationals who are here. I mean, these people have have rocket propelled grenades and armor. And anybody who thinks that, okay, oh, you know, there's so many hunters in the United States, they never take us over. They're delusional. I mean, the policies that are implemented in our nation and our state are clearly designed to destroy the country. It's not an aptitude. It's not a mistake. No, this is a plan. You know, this is a plan. And you know what I would really like to know, Kevin, is how much of the U.S. Congress that including the senators that uh, don't want to have a wall, the ones that we're hearing about right now that they want to. Well, we want a border deal, but we don't want a wall because walls don't work. You know, that kind of thing. We hear that all the time. Um how many of them are paid off through the back door by cartels? I can't help but think that Congress is bought off by cartel and, uh, and organized uh, crime activity. I can't help but think they, because they behave that way. They behave that way. We haven't heard, we haven't had heard any stories about bribery lately, have we? <laughs> I mean, <laughs> you know, but look, I mean, here's, here's one positive note. Though. All right. You know, in, in Oklahoma, the Republican Party there is censuring their Republican senator for, for a apparently working on a border deal that will just make this stuff worse. So we have a long way to go. And, of course, in Oregon, the Republican Party's only goal is to elect people who say they're Republicans. We don't give a damn if they're communist nihilists. It doesn't matter as long as they say they're Republicans. But in Oklahoma, they've censured their senator. In in Idaho, they do the same thing. You, know, mm-hmm. you get a, quote, Republican legislator who acts like a Democrat, and they go after them. Well, what we do with good Republicans in the state of Oregon is that we make sure that they can't run for re-election after they deny quorum. That's the what we do. The good ones. Yeah. Only the good ones. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Absolutely. But, I mean, when you think about, you know, the legislators who, you know, have, have been on your show, who I've spoken to many times, and all they talk about is, well, we've got to support Republicans. And when you say, but wait a minute, the Republicans are advocating for everything that's destroying our state. It doesn't matter. We have to have the majority. Well, you know, we had the majority when I started this organization in 1998. And it was the majority under Kevin Mannix who was pushing gun control then. So who cares what label you have? Yeah, um, it's about what you do. Brown. It really, really is about what you do. Kevin, yeah. I, I wanted to focus on something that you let me know here. I, I yeah, believe me, I could go on about uh, Oregon Republican Party for a long time. Okay, I don't want to do that right now because, frankly, you're depressing me. And so, sorry, I'm not here. <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm able to kind of rise above this at, at some point. But I just don't want to talk about it anymore. All right, but what I did want to talk about was something you pointed out to me about uh, Coach Dave. And could you tell me a little bit about Coach Dave? The uh, well, can be. I met Dave. I met Dave a number of years ago when he was first running for school board. And in addition to running for school bo- school board in Newburgh, he was a a, a tennis co- a, a sports coach in my town in Canby, Canby High School. And the thing about Dave that really struck me, you know, we talked about a lot of things. He was he was clearly a conservative guy, concerned about the directions things were going in. 
And what struck me about the guy was how unbelievably civil and polite he was in the face of some horrible attacks. And of course, he and the other conservative school board members in Newburgh have been viciously attacked by the Democrat machine. Mm-hmm. They've been sued. The Democrat controlled judges have sided with them. They are they are out an enormous amount of money in legal fees. They were doxxed, even though that's now illegal in Oregon under Democrat laws. It's illegal to dox people. They were doxxed. Some of them lost their jobs. Some of them lost all, they, a lot of them lost all kinds of opportunities. And they've been attacked mercilessly in Yamhill County. And in fact. Uh, most, I guess most of them have been replaced now with, you know, union-backed votes. But Dave is like the consummate gentleman, just like a very, very calm, polite, courteous Christian guy. I, I'm stunned by his ability. And when he resigned from his coaching job at Canby, if you've seen the videos of him doing it, even then, you know, and, and I know the school, the current school board members in Canby, okay, so... And until recently, there were three school board members who were solidly conservative Christians. Two of them got voted out, and the third one was running for that office, who was not an incumbent, was voted out. The unions completely control the school board now, with the exception of one one conservative school board member. But what's going on there, he's pointed it out. He said, look, I coach girls' tennis. And now boys can play girls tennis. In fact, let, if, right. I'll tell you what, I had that a bit of that Instagram video up. Okay, I'm going to play some of that if you don't mind. Okay. Just to, just to hear sure. this. He's talking about it. But uh, he was talking uh, before this uh, video, which is he, he agreed with, uh, you know, doing the testing for concussions and all the other rules that OSA and everybody would require. And I think this is when he, he gets into the meat of it from his resignation. This was recorded uh, last week. Time. It's happening right now boys to play girls sports now a lot of people will say well we're transitioning i say no this that period of time takes a long time we have boys playing against girls in sports in oregon and it's happened in different places in the country now the problem with this right now is that my time my point is is that i can no longer condone osa and i've been a member of this for the last half of my life it's wrong what we're doing. It's your job as a school board it, it, to protect every single girl, K-12, in the school district. Not just the boy that's transitioning, but every single girl is impacted by this. Every single girl deserves what Title IX originally was going to give them. Every girl that I've coached here, we've had over 40, 45 girls every year play tennis at Candy High School. Every one of them deserves the truth. And we're not telling the truth by what we're doing. Now, I know you're stuck. You're stuck by ODE and you're stuck by OSAA. I know you have to follow the rules. But somebody has to have the courage to stand up. And I'm going to say here tonight and say, I will not coach anymore for OSAA because of what they stand for. Yeah. And that's what he did. He, he did it, you know, very polite, very, uh, you know, kind of like, hey, we're not going here. Our job is to protect the girls, the children. And we're not doing that right now. We're not giving them the truth. Well, and I will tell you, you know, he, he went on to point out, because he's been on the school board, the school boards are somewhat handcuffed. But I'll tell you, in Canby, the people who had been on the school board were standing up and demanding answers and asking questions and trying to push back against the state. And they were all replaced by toadies, with, as I said, with one exception who wasn't running. They were all re- replaced by toadies who just, the school boards now are rubber stamps for the teachers' unions. And, you know, the superintendent in Canby, the school board members who I was friendly with liked him. And I said, I do not trust this guy. I absolutely believe he's a snake. And now they agree with me. 
Mm-hmm. But basically what happens now is you have a school board that is meaningless. They, they're not even allowed to, to pick who their own superintendent is because Democrats have, have made that illegal. So they serve no purpose except to do whatever the Democrats tell them to do. And now in Canby, there are commonly boys and girls locker rooms. About a year and a half ago, I was at a meeting with parents. And I have to tell you, I was quite stunned. There were a lot of guys in this meeting, and they were complaining about how their daughters are in locker rooms with boys who are watching them undress. And I, you know, I don't have a kid in Canby High School. My kids never went to school until they went to college. And I I sat there listening quietly for a while until finally I just was like, what the hell is wrong with you people? These are your daughters. There's some guys in that room who are big, burly dudes, you know. It's like, what's the matter with you? You send your daughters to a place where boys are watching them undress. You're allowing this to go on. And that's what's kind of happened now is that, you know, our fighters on the school board have been replaced. Dave and the fighters on Newburgh school board have been replaced. And as a result of what they did in Newburgh, where they said, look, we're not going to have any gay pride flags up. We're not going to have any BLM flags up. This is not Mm -hmm. the place for that. This is school. And, of course, they've been attacked. They've been sued. They've been doxxed and they've lost. And now they're out attorney fees there. I mean, it's just horrible what's happened to these people. And through it all, as you could hear from that audio, Dave was a polite, courteous, reserved guy, which, I mean, I've been in school board meetings in Canby, and I will tell you I ain't polite. But that's the kind of guy he is. He's just he's just a, a true gentleman who dedicated years and years and years to coaching these kids. And now he's finally said, I'm not putting up with this perversion. So as you can imagine, when this was reported in the in the Portland press, the comments were that he's a disgusting, horrible person and none of this is actually going on. When, in fact, in Campy High School, they have people, you know, female students who identify as cats and insist on using the boys' bathrooms. I don't know why they just don't get them kitty litter. But all this stuff is tolerated. In, in the name of, you know, diversity and inclusion. And in fact, what it is is destructive perversion. And people are allowing their children, you know, particularly their daughters, to be subjected to this. And it stuns me. I mean, ultimately, I don't care how much you consider the public schools a convenience. If You, you know, I only had sons. But yeah. I cannot imagine allowing my daughter to be in that environment. And in the end, it really ups, it, it is up to the parents to say, Sorry, the places are disgusting anyway. We lose nothing by getting our kids out of there. Yeah, and whatever you tolerate, right? And, and, and Kevin, whatever you tolerate will continue. Whatever you tolerate. And and, and expand. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, that's just uh, bottom line. That was an interesting uh, story. With, and I know that uh, Dave's a friend of yours. You know Dave. And I just thought yeah, that. I do. Just fat, great story. A principled man uh, standing for it. And you know, in other words, he's not going to live the lie. He is not going to live the ODE or the OSA lie that, uh, that you know, somehow uh, boys are girls if they say they're girls and that uh, boys should be destroying all the, uh, the sports opportunities for, uh, for young women, too, for that matter. Yeah, I mean, where, where the hell are the feminists, you know? I mean, the male introduction. Well, they've been, I think they've been cowed because, you know, remember, they, everything about them has been the, uh, you know, the oppressed versus the oppressor. You know, when you view everything through that, I suppose that, uh, you know, rules are always oppressive to the, uh, the oppressed uh, well, transgender. I, I guess the, the promotion of Mar- Marxist ideology, the promotion of this destructive, nihilistic, you know, 
Mm-hmm. These policies are more important than the actual protection of women, which was always what these Title IX things were supposed to be in the first place. And in fact, now they've been used to completely eliminate any chance for women to compete fairly. It's a pretty feminized school culture. So I have to tell you, I don't think anything changes until the uh, women decide to get uh, uppity about it all. I really do. Because, you know, the whole whole educational process is a feminized process these days. It really is. I don't know. It's more of a trans process now. Well, it could be. Feminists who do stand up are attacked as transphobic. And when I say attacked, I mean physically attacked. Mm -hmm. And, of course, that, that that is allowed. That's good for because... This is the road we're down now. It's like the, the, the nihilist Marxists have taken over, and conservative Christians cower in fear because they don't want to offend anybody. And if they do stand up, they know they're going to be doxxed. They know there's going to be people showing up at their houses. They know they're going to lose their jobs. They're going to lose all kinds of opportunities, which the Newburgh School Board conservatives, in fact, did. Hmm. Interesting. Kevin Starrett with me, Oregon Firearms Federation. We haven't even talked about firearms yet, but I wanted to right now for a couple of minutes before you take off. Right? It has nothing to do with any alerts that you've done. I had told you uh, that uh, we had an interesting uh, situation happen recently. We had uh, last year, there was a skate park shooting here in uh, Central Point. All right. And you essentially had uh, a young man that um, was there, went to the skate park to sell marijuana. And then another person came to supposedly buy marijuana, because we know skate parks is where you go to buy your drugs, okay? <laughs> I guess that's just, just what you do. Why don't they just go to the store? <laughs> well, I think they were underage. They were under 21, all right? So you can't go to the store, you know, that kind of thing. Uh, but I digress, all right? So apparently the way it, uh, it appeared, it played out in the Road Valley Times and various other reporting on this one, uh, the, uh, the gentleman who uh, was in the car at the skate park comes there, and the other guy shows up, and they get into a altercation of some sort after the buy or during the buy. I don't exactly know what. Well, the guy drove driving the car pulls out a gun, feels threatened by the other guy, and puts a bunch of bullets in him. All right, and shoots him. This is known. This is this is all admitted. This is I'm not you know making up anything on this one. All right. So fortunately, the victim, who of course was the drug buyer, you know that sort of thing, um, he didn't die. So he was very fortunate about that. But still, we had, you know, the shooting at the skate park, right? So we had this. Well, the shooter, I guess it had not had a uh, police record, you know, up to this point. Well, last week, Judge Markowitz ends up uh, getting together with this and accepting a plea deal in which uh, this person who actually shot, shot this guy, of course, unlawful use of a, re- of a weapon, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. The charges were busted down from attempted murder. You know that thing. It was all pled down. And so he got three years probation. Three years probation for shooting someone, you know, which is kind of odd, I thought. And then I was wondering, what happened to the guy? Remember the Summer of Love protests in which anybody went out there and said all lives matter was an evil person and then got attacked by the mob? You remember those things, right, Kevin? Okay. yeah, yeah. Well, we had one of those guys in Medford in, uh, in the Summer of Love, the George Floyd deal. He's out there, and he is running, uh, and he's going out there with the counter-protest to the Marxists saying, all lives matter, all lives matter, and then they get in, and then they have a bunch of people circle him. He pulls out a firearm because he feels threatened, right? He pulls out a firearm, pointed at some people. Medford police uh, ended up uh, getting him uh, charged, or, you know, the, the DA charged him. And he got five years felony probation. 
And no one was even hurt in that particular thing. He got five years. Because I was wondering what ever happened to it, because the, the story sort of sunk out of uh, sight, and I ended up talking to some people in the know about this. And not only did he get charged with, with a felony, five years of probation, still in it right now, apparently. Uh, the wife was fired from her job at the hospital, you know, that sort of thing. And I guess, they, and I guess the mob was even trying to fire the son out of state, you know, out of job for being, uh, you know, related to these people. And uh, I can't help but uh, starting to think that uh, certain, you know, certain types of crimes are much more likely to be excused than others. And, uh, you know, the guy, in other words, the guy who didn't shoot someone was treated worse than the guy who did shoot somebody, which I find interesting, don't you? Well, look what happened to Mike Strickland. After being viciously assaulted and seriously injured and robbed, by a person who we knew who this crimes were committed on video. Right. The Clackamas County refused to prosecute that person, even though, I mean, there was no question about who did it or when. Then he shows up at a protest. He's attacked by a Black Lives mob, draws a firearm, never even puts his finger on the trigger. He's convicted of something like 15 felonies after initially being charged with, like, not even like one misdemeanor. Mm-hmm. And his life is destroyed. You know, I was I sat in court during the appeal, and the appeals court was like, yeah, we don't care about any of this stuff. You know, for years, I taught gun classes in a facility in Sherwood. It was a shooting facility, and I basically taught the gun law. And the first question that I would ask the students was, does anybody here live in Multnomah County? And if anyone said yes, I would tell the first thing I would say to them is, you need to move. And people thought I was joking. But it's like if you live in New York City and you're a conservative, look what's happening to Donald Trump in New York City. There is no real rule of law anymore in this country. It's all depending on where you happen to be. The anarchists, the the Marxist nihilists have taken over in many places. They are in control. It's not coming. Yeah, it's here right now, and yeah, I mean, and, and the thing, the, the the reason I brought up this case though with uh, the recent uh, uh, shooter, you know, in Central Point, and the way that gentleman was treated in a plea deal versus how the, uh, you know, the All Lives Matter guy was uh, was treated, having his life destroyed, you know, that kind of thing, and treated much more harshly by the court apparently, and no one was hurt, that kind of thing. I found fascinating there. Oh, listen, there was the former the former DA in Deschutes County, the guy who was I demonstrably a liar. I mean, I debated this guy during the Measure 114 campaign, and he's gone now. But he had someone accused, a young man accused of these horrible sex crimes, all of which were proven. The guy lost everything, his mm-hmm. home, his job, his reputation. He lost everything. The accuser was a pathological liar, and that was proven. She was an absolute nutcase. And making those kind of accusations is a criminal offense. And when they when they've amped up the law to attack, you know, men, they promised that false accusations would be prosecuted. Well, it was proven that she was a a liar. She destroyed this guy's life. And what did this guy named Hummel, John Hummel? said, I won't prosecute her because I don't want to discourage people from coming forward. Yeah, you don't want to discourage people coming forward and lying. Okay, yeah, that's essentially what he meant. I guess the reason I brought this story up, though, and and this is the way I, I look at it, is that we have an open district attorney here in Jackson County. It's going to be open season 
uh, for, you know, getting a district attorney. And the one thing I think we're really going to have to do is that we need to have a, a more equal approach by you know, approach to enforcing the law here. You know, if a guy, if a guy at uh, who's who's sitting there talking about uh, all lives matter is treated more harshly than someone who is uh, there ready to do a drug deal at the skate at the skate park and skates away with uh, you know three years probation and nothing and not much else uh, done to it, we got a problem, and that comes through the DA's office. And I think we have to pay way more attention to these people that are uh, running for DA because I can't help but figure that there's uh, going to be a George Soros candidate in there someplace that we're going to have to suss out some way or another. Well, well we also need we also need a, a, a system where we have a choice of judges, which we do not have in this state. You know, you get a choice of one person and you have no real way of determining, you know, Judges don't come to candidates' forums and get asked questions. Mm-hmm. They're completely above that. They don't have to justify anything they do. They're typically appointed by the governor after the last judge resigns before their term is over. They then run as the only people who are identified as incumbents in the voter guide, and people are afraid to run against them. So when you get vote for a judge, you have zero choice of who you're voting for, and you have zero knowledge. So this judge, for example, you know, if people knew that this is the kind of sentence he's handing out to someone who's shooting somebody, I mean, shooting another person is kind of a big deal, you know. If if people were aware of that, and then and, and other people had the opportunity to mount serious campaigns against it, there might be some changes. But under Oregon's system, the deck is completely stacked, as does the deck is stacked for everything under Oregon. You know, incompetence rules, and anybody who's trying to do anything positive is pilloried. And the people who should be standing up to this are legislators and the, quote, Republican Party. All they want to do is appease the other side. Yeah, well, appeasing this kind of uh, of uh, unlawfulness is not going to get us anywhere, that's for sure. It's just going to get more people. Uh, it's going to get more of the wrong people thrown in jail and more of the right people out on the street. Kevin, I got to go. I'm just out of time at this point. But I appreciate you, uh, you know, putting up with me, you know, meandering around from <laughs> Coach Dave to, uh, you know, how uh, the criminal justice system in Southern Oregon, which uh, will have a new DA sometime this year, uh, tends to look at some types of crime that are more politically popular, I guess, that, uh, you know, we'll go easier on this person. Oh, he didn't have a... I'm tired of the excuses here. And we're going to have to be pretty picky, I think, about the DA and uh, and get it out there in front of it, okay? My friend, thank you, and uh, we'll talk soon, I'm sure, okay? Kevin Starrett, Oregon Firearms Federation, read up. Please support OregonFirearms.org. This is KMED, KMED HD1, Eagle Point, Medford, KCMD Grants Pass.